Thank you for joining us in the King Thing Marketing Studio, where in Series 1, we're exploring the unique stories behind Tasmanians and their successful businesses. We are King Thing Marketing, and we'll be chatting about websites, social media strategy, graphic design, content creation, and more. joining us in the King Thing studio. Thanks for having me. I obviously know have known you for a while now and know the history of King Thing Marketing, but could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about your journey so far? Sure. It's been an interesting journey, that's for sure. So I'm um, born and bred Launceston here in Tasmania. My first job was at the Examiner newspaper, which was uh, a really great place to have your first job. It was... Um, really vibrant and really interesting and of course I met the lovely Rob there as well. <laughs> um, my next job was at Ansett and that you girls are probably too young to remember but there was an airline called Ansett Airlines and uh, I worked um, there for a few years while I was busy having babies and then um, after a couple of years of working there Ansett uh, collapsed which was like really really big news and um, so I lost my job, but that's when I was, um, yeah, on maternity leave with Jasper, our second child. And so uh, then my parents had just started this business called Tamer River Cruises. And uh, I started working for dad. And uh, it, was, it was really good. It was really interesting. And I actually fell in love with the tourism industry. And so we built the business up, we won lots of awards and the business started with just two people on the first cruise and we built it up to around 40,000 people each year. So that was um, wow. pretty huge. Yeah, and so I did the marketing for that. Um, but it was a, a team effort, it was a great place to work. We had lots and lots of fun, which is a bit of a theme through my career. Um, but of course, uh, Dad got an offer that he couldn't refuse to sell the business. So we sold the business and I started working at Tourism Tasmania, which is a government department that markets uh, Tasmania to the world. And I lasted there for just under three years and my job was to help businesses and I worked out that they um, needed lots of help with online marketing. Mm -hmm. And I worked out that the consultants had all the fun and so I left my cushy job at Tourism Taz and uh, started my own consultancy and that's how King Thing was born. Awesome. Thanks for that. So <laughs> when did you realise that Rob was checking out your legs every day when you're at the examiner? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> so uh, Rob and I, um, we were just friends when we first started working together. He, um, he's seven years older than me, so I thought he was really old and paid no attention to him whatsoever. <laughs> he still is old. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, I fell in love with Rob King and he fell in love with my legs, first of all. So back then I was a bike rider and I was uh, really fit and I just finished a bike ride from, I think, Mount Kosciuszko to Sydney. And uh, yes, he... What happened was I got promoted and went to a different area in the examiner and we started missing each other. Aww. 
and um, we started catching up for lunch and then just one day we just looked at each other and that was that we fell in love and we drove everyone nuts it was uh, all of our friends and all of our family complained that no one could get any any conversation out of us because we're too busy just looking at each other it's quite hilarious really now Um, so tell us now, what did it feel like when you won the Telstra Business Women's Award in 2006? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was just, uh, 31 years old and, um, my father had just had a big accident, um, with Tamer River Cruises and, uh, what had happened was the business was going really, really well. And so we decided to build another boat. And that's called the Lady Launceston. It's a little boat that goes up into the gorge that people see all the time. And uh, that, that um, yeah, that was a really, really hard time. So what happened was my dad was help, helping to build that boat and he fell um, about three metres off a ladder and landed on his head oh and gosh. got brain damage, got flown to Hobart. And this was all a week or so before the boat was being launched and all the dignitaries were coming to launch the boat. And so I had to, um, yeah, I had a really, really interesting time. So I had to launch the Lady Launceston and get that up and running, um, managing 20-something people. We'd also, at the time, gotten um, diagnoses for both of our, or for our our eldest child to be so he's autistic and ADHD and dyslexia and we were building a house (laughs) and um, I just got diagnosed with lupus as well Um, but the judges didn't know any of that stuff but basically I won the award because of um, yeah what I had done with Tame River Cruises and and growing Tame River Cruises particularly in dad's absence so that was um, amazing and really surprising and still to this day I still get that thing that we know we call imposter syndrome where you feel like you don't deserve it so (laughs) even when I see the certificate I'm just like I I don't know how I got that I don't know how that happened yeah Mm. because you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) but imposter syndrome says maybe not so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um in case um you guys who are listening didn't know we were actually state finalists Um, last week in the Telstra Business Awards. So how does that feel, Beck, to have a business, a small business that you've built? Uh, That to me was um, really, really rewarding because uh, when I'd won, you know, previous awards, uh, that was my parents' business. So that was kind of their thing and I was just helping them out. Whereas now this is our business, so this is what we've created. Um, And I think it's just amazing having such a great team you guys um and what I really liked was when we worked it out so there were 10,000 businesses that uh nominated for the awards around Australia and we worked out there's about um 150 finalists uh, Mm. that got chosen so to be in that 150 was really really amazing particularly when we're just in a growth phase as well so we're we're still kind of working out processes and still like, you know, improving what we do and all those sorts of things, um, you know, still even making the office what we want it to be. So yeah. we're not kind of in that settled growing phase. We're still growing. So, yeah, it was really cool. 
Yeah, no, we're definitely, well, we've been in rapid growth for yes. <laughs> the yeah. last year or so. But um, yeah. that leads into my next question with um, building your team and building the people you want to be working with every day. Because um, I remember Rob saying to me when you guys employed me that you spend more time at work than what you do with your friends and family. So you've got to enjoy who you work with. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to ask you this. Why did you employ me over everyone else? Because I did not get perfect marks at uni. And I always laugh with my friend Georgie. Hey, Georgie Gow, if you're listening. (laughs) Georgie will be. (laughs) That um, we both didn't get amazing marks at uni. Like we passed and um, Mm -hmm. everything like that. But how come you employed me over someone who had perfect um, score? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, So I found uh, throughout my career that... Just because you're really academic and you could do a really, you know, get a really high score at uni, it doesn't mean that you're functional out in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it means you're really good at studying and you're really good at remembering things and you're really good at writing essays and doing exams. It doesn't actually mean that you're a really good marketer. So we employ um, first and foremost on um, personality and team fit, um, whether you fit in with the team. Um, whether you're going to get on really well with clients but also uh, when you um, you know you have that drive and that willingness to learn like you know trialing podcasting for the first (laughs) time today Uh, there are plenty of people that would just sit back and not not want to do that so um, for for you in particular that that's a reason that it's kind of like an x factor that certain kind of uh, drive and willingness to learn and get up and go and same for you, Claire, as yeah. well. Though you're a little different because you're kind of a bit older and a yeah. bit more experienced as, yeah. as well. So, yeah. But I remember that definitely was – that was a huge part of the conversation, the initial conversation that I had with Rob after I heard from Sarah that you guys were looking for someone. And he stressed that it was really important that you find the right people that fit with your team and that are willing to learn. So, yeah, and I think that's fantastic you're right. You spend so much time at work. And, you know, we say that we have fun every day and we actually do. Yeah, there's a a really cool quote going around and I can't remember who says it and um, that is culture eats strategy for breakfast. So you can strategically think of, you know, the way you want your business to go but if the culture is really crap and everyone hates being there, um, then it's just not going to work. Yeah, so true. So, Beck, you've faced many challenges throughout your career, and you don't have to tell me, but what have the challenges been as a female throughout your career? And was there a particular moment when you thought, wow, being a female actually sucks? <laughs> that is a very, very good question. Um, I think when I was younger, I didn't really notice. I think there's a new wave of feminism now, and it's yeah. making it really, really obvious. And wherever I look, I just see inequality all the time but um yeah there's all the usual kind of you know being mansplained in meetings that happened to me in a meeting a couple of weeks ago (laughs) um i yeah have been told um ah yeah so i've had a long career in tourism and yet someone said to me only a couple of months ago oh beck if you ever need to know anything about tourism come and see me and if you need to connect with anyone locally about tourism come and see me so that was that was an interesting one and i didn't answer back i was just absolutely gobsmacked with that one 
were probably the one the main the one that really really hit me was I was doing a conference on the mainland and um, they negotiated with me. They said, okay, well, you can come over and we'll put you up for a few nights. We'll pay for your comm, pay for your partner's accommodation um, if you speak for free. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, that sounds all right. It sounds like a nice place to go visit, so I will do that. Um, and then um, I found out that I got voted the number one speaker at the conference. It was a really big conference, so there was... Uh, probably 500 people there uh, but then I found out a few days later that um, the keynote that was a man got paid $10,000 for his speaking gig and yet oh, I got voted the number I one speaker I didn't know that so yeah no, I didn't so wow. it made me kind of sit back and think wow um, yeah so I'm a female I know my stuff but um yeah being a male automatically can just elevate you oh you know he's a male he might be supporting a family maybe we need to pay him more uh yeah so that that really hurt and i think um for me i've noticed uh you know some people want to speak to rob because he's the man mm-hmm. but at the same time we've also got him in the position of ceo of the company now yeah. as well so I'm more of a uh, founder slash consultant slash director in the company yeah. and uh yeah so i i do see it all the time but that um that conference one that was a biggie for me yeah, yeah. and i often do wonder how much as a consultant i would have made if i was a male yeah mm. Mm, that's wow. crazy mm. yeah uh, we could talk about that topic for days <laughs> yeah. but we'll move on so You're an inspiration to me alongside my mum living with a chronic illness. And I know we joke about it in the office all the time that your body doesn't actually like you that much. (laughs) Um, But how do you actually do it living with lupus? Well, uh, that's a good question. So I was diagnosed with lupus um, in my late 20s, but I probably looking back had it since I was uh, late teens. Uh, so what actually is lupus? Oh, it's a good question. <laughs> I live it, live it and breathe it every day. So I presume everyone knows. So uh, lupus is an autoimmune disease and that just means your body's immune system is attacking you. There are some really uh, common um, or well-known uh, autoimmune diseases like uh, rheumatoid arthritis, for example, and your body attacks the joints or MS and your body attacks the myelin sheath, so nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, in lupus, it can attack. It can. It. Well, I can't even speak properly. It can um, attack any part of your body. So it can attack uh, all of your connective tissue, which is everywhere. So pretty much every organ can be involved. But for me, it's mostly uh, fatigue, um, joint pain, lots and lots and lots of headaches, a few weird rashes, a bit of pain in the chest when I breathe sometimes. Um, and a few other weird bits and pieces, but they're, they're the main uh, main symptoms. And it, you can't catch it, so don't worry. You're not going to get lupus <laughs> off me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you just the reason it happens, you're just really unlucky genetically, but also probably environmentally as well. Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's what it is. And it really is just like having a bit of a, um, a weight around your neck all the time. So everything that you have to do, you just have to try that little bit harder. So if you've got to speak in front of a group of people, I've, I've spoken um, 
in front of groups where I couldn't see properly out of one eye because I had a headache so bad that (laughs) I just couldn't see properly. And I've had all sorts of experiences like that. Uh, But I'm one pretty determined chick. And I guess um, for me, like, you know, people say, how do you do it? And there's um, a number of things that I do to help me get through. Um, I really, really try and think positively. So when there's stuff that's going in my head, like, oh, this is unfair. Um, Why do I get lupus and other people don't? Um, Why do I, um, you know, have to earn money when other people get handed money? Like, why, 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 why? So many questions. (laughs) And, um, yeah, positivity is pretty much my... the the main thing that I try and do but you really just have to take each day as it comes and so for Rob and I we have to be really really flexible and that's part of the reason that King Thing exists is so that I get to go home when I need to. Um, I've learned how to say no to a lot of things as well and and really kind of forgive myself if I don't you know show up to a networking event. Um, I think choosing people around you that are authentic as well is really important. So having friends uh, that are real. So, you know, people that are all, I don't know, (laughs) that are really pretentious, um, that aren't authentic, that, you know, spend way too much time considering what they're wearing, what they're driving and where their house is and, you know, what they look like and what label they're wearing today. Uh, Not my kind of people. I like people that can, can be real. Um, and that's the kind of people that I prefer to hang around with. I'm not very good at gossip. So people, <laughs> someone says to me, oh, did you know such and such has, um, I know, broken up with such and such. To me, I'm just like, Phew, whatever. Flat out dealing with my own stuff. Don't have time to deal with people's gossip. Um, other stuff that we do, like Rob and I do amazing things. So because I got diagnosed really young and for a while there, we didn't know if we were, if I was going to make it to 40 years old so we didn't know if I was going to live to see um, my kids grow up and so uh, we set an incentive and that was to on my 40th birthday to go um, on a trip to Europe and so we saved and saved and saved and uh, managed to make that happen so we spent five weeks in Europe on my 40th birthday it was five years ago um, but you'll notice probably that Rob and I do lots of things like we go always go to events and you know go and see what's on at the theatre or hanging out with friends or you know if it's not big trips to Europe anymore then it can be just smaller type things and that's about finding joy every day and we we're a bit different you know people a lot of people just like save their money and they're just spending all their time you know saving money and yes you do need money you need a buffer you need to be able to you know survive in a crisis but for us um, saving money when you didn't think that you were going to live very long just seemed like a really silly thing to do when there's so much adventure out there and we live in this amazing island paradise so I um, yeah we, we do things a little bit different like that and um, yeah just all the usual stuff like exercising and eating really well so I can you know lecture anyone on what food they should be eating (laughs) Um, what vitamins are in it and minerals and the latest trends in gut health and diet Um, yeah but also giving myself a break as well like I know um, my body is not one that would ever lose weight like I'm very prone to swelling and I went to a health retreat in Thailand um, a couple of years ago and everyone, I did. I ate like raw food and juices and not much for ten days and lost 
half a kilo and everyone else lost five kilos. So there's, you know, I'm not going to be that person that's skinny and, you know, strutting around. (laughs) I just have to accept who I am. Well, you do an amazing job. Yeah. And I did not know that story about your Europe trip either. So that's, ah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, I love seeing you guys at Falls Festival and party in the <laughs> <Yeah>. paddock. <laughs> All my um, friends are like, your bosses are so cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yes, I love live music. And, you know, Rob and I still listen to Triple J long after we should have switched over to ABC Local. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not so good with the toilets at Falls Festival anymore. I'm, you know, I'm thinking maybe my Falls days are over. But, yeah, we do like to have lots of fun. Um, so aside from lupus, which is a massive challenge that you nail handling every single day, um, what other challenges have you faced other than Rob's whistling? Yes, uh, Rob's whistling. That takes uh, a little bit of putting up with, but no, seriously, I'm really lucky to have an amazing partner. And Rob, even, you know, when we get, if we get bad news or things aren't going so well, um, Rob just keeps on whistling. He's just eternally happy. So I'm really, really lucky to have married well. He's a great partner. But in terms of, uh, of other challenges, the lupus is obviously a pretty big one. But the the one that comes to mind is uh, the boys um, with their learning difficulties. Um, we decided to send them to a private school early on when we uh, really probably couldn't afford to do such a thing. So uh, we've had to work really doubly hard, even on, on days when I felt really, really sick, I've just had to keep going. So I think, um, yeah, financially, that kind of uh, need to make sure that there's plenty of money coming in has been a huge challenge. In the long run, do you think that that was a really good decision, sending them to private school? Um, yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. I wouldn't have thought that I would have sent my kids to private school necessarily, um, but for them particularly, they needed focused help. And so, uh, yeah, for them, yes, but really every child is different. So winning um, state tourism award and then winning a national award, um, it kind of put me on a different level and um, I really, really wasn't ready for that. Uh, There's this thing that happens with women where the more successful a woman is, the less likable she is. And the complete opposite happens with a man. So the more successful a man is, the more likable he becomes. So there's a real, uh, I guess, gap with the genders in terms of um, um, what success looks like. And that's part of the reason that uh, Rob is now the CEO of King Thing. Um, Some people just prefer to deal with men. It's It's an interesting phenomenon, but yeah, it's a thing. It definitely is, but it's really inspiring um, working with both you and Rob because Rob's such a great guy, like you said before, yeah. and he um, really empowers all of us girls to do our best and um, be our best. So it's a really great environment to be around, especially being a, 
a young blonde 25 year old <laughs> yeah so yeah it's really great uh, he's is a good man that's for sure there are many of my friends that wish they had a husband as good as rob so i'm really really lucky other people that inspire you that is a very very good question so um, for me like there, there are you know there, there's the famous people um people like um, venus williams so um serena system sure everyone knows the williams sisters amazing tennis players uh so venus has sjogren's which is a disease that's really really similar to lupus um, and yet she plays incredible world-class tennis Lady Gaga, so, you know, not my kind of music. She probably wouldn't appear at Falls Festival. But um, she has fibromyalgia, which I've also actually been diagnosed with, come to think of it. Um, And she, um, you know, tells a story of having to just go out there on stage and perform no matter how crap she's feeling. And, you know, when she talks about them, like, hey, sister, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Probably from an Australian perspective, perspective there's tim ferguson who was in the doug anthony all-stars he's a comedian you girls are probably too young to remember but they were very cool and very wrong on so many levels so i met him uh quite a few years ago when i used to work at the examiner we uh did a we did a series of concerts called a night in the gorge and uh yeah so tim was the compare for one of those uh but he's now in a wheelchair um he's got ms so he lives in melbourne I've read his um, autobiography and, yeah, it's just really amazing how he copes with his illness. But he also uh, does shows and it kind of laughs, like laughs at it, which sounds terrible, but he's written the comedy. So, yeah, yeah, it just kind of makes um, that kind of disease accessible and for more people to understand and to know that it's okay to talk about it. So probably, um, uh, and in terms of biographies, I do love um, Michael J. Fox, who, oh my gosh, when I was your age, he was so hot. He was in this show called Family Ties. And yeah, he was definitely, <laughs> he's like, I don't know who you girls go for, like um, yeah, Zach Channing Efron Tatum. or Channing. Okay, <laughs> yep, well, I know who he is. Yeah, so um, yeah, he's written an amazing book and it's all about um, how great his life is. Um, regardless of having Parkinson that's that's so bad that he shakes you know all the time and it's really really obvious but they're like famous people um, and you know they've got different conditions but what what really really um, impresses me is people here locally so I know about 10% of people have some kind of chronic illness most people don't talk about it um, which is fair enough I understand why they won't or don't want to um, but I know of some business women here who have lupus that have told me that I'm, you know, not, it's not my story to share, so I can't tell you who, but, um, and they just do amazing things. They get up every day and keep going and do incredible things. So yeah, people that do it tough, but still get shit done are my kind of people, people that really, really inspire me.
are going to have a chat about marketing because we're a marketing consultancy, of course. Um, so, Beck, 10 years yep. ago, you left your cushy role at Tourism Taz um, in an industry development position um, to start your own consultancy and you're pivotal in designing and developing the digital ready program that we know today. Uh, why do you think that's so important? Um, so digital, uh, digital literacy for businesses is really, really important. So 10 years ago, we, uh, were realizing that businesses, um, didn't have a clue. Like I remember, um, sitting down with businesses and they're like, how do, how people can't see my website? How do they get to see my website? (laughs) And, um, you know, what's this thing called MySpace and how do you use it? And uh, things like TripAdvisor were just maybe coming on the scene almost. So, uh, yeah, there was a a massive, massive need for it. And uh, luckily at the time at Tourism Taz, I had a boss that was really, really receptive to um, the need. And so we worked together and developed the Digital Ready program that's been going for, what, eight years, I think it is. And um, yeah, it's helped thousands of Tasmania businesses. And uh, I also went up to Queensland early on in the piece and helped them develop their Digital Ready program as well and been involved in uh, digital seminars in South Australia. I've done work in Victoria. I've done actually most states I've been working in um, because other government departments have realised around Australia that they need to do it as well. What was it like being the only person who knew social media was about to take off for businesses? So <laughs> It feels a bit like it, it does now when I talk about virtual reality and augmented reality. It's like I'm bleating off into the ether and no one's listening, <laughs> except you girls, of course. But um, yes, so I remember when I was... Oh, I've been on Facebook for about 12 years now. And it had only just been made public probably a year before that. I'm not sure if I've got my dates right, but around that time. Um, and I had a friend tell me about it. So I jumped on and had a look. And one of the first posts that I ever saw was someone talking about what they did in their work today and mentioned their business name. And they weren't really marketing at the time. They're just saying what they did. Mm-hmm. And I think they were, uh, what were they? Maybe a builder and they're building a house or something like that and I thought oh yeah that's right they're a builder um, maybe I'll call on them if I need something to be built <laughs> and then it just struck me that you know this platform could be incredibly amazing and uh, you could showcase your business on there um, photos talk about whatever you want to talk about back then video wasn't even a thing on Facebook and it was um, it was like a light bulb went off so it took um, a few years for me to really kind of um, get my head around how it was working or how it was going to work for businesses and that's kind of when the Digital Ready program came into be as well but I did notice that the first few years of the Digital Ready program was all about convincing people to be online it's mm-hmm. like this thing and you need to be on it and then I get you know probably 20-30% of the audience saying well I'm not going on it. I don't want to be on it I don't want to know anything about it I remember once I was doing a presentation probably about, I'm going to say six years ago here in Launceston and there was uh, one tourism operator that stood up and said, well, I just want to let you know, Rebecca, that um, you've spoken all about TripAdvisor 
that's really interesting but I'm just letting you know that we don't do TripAdvisor and my response was well mate TripAdvisor's doing you because people are writing reviews about your business (laughs) and you don't know (laughs) about it (laughs) so you need to get on there and start answering some reviews so yeah back in the day there was a lot of people going nah 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 and you know, even even the the people that have really said no, I never want to do it. Over time, have kind of come, you know, to the idea that they need to be um, online, particularly yeah. with social media. We still see it now, even, and it's not common, yeah. but every now and again, there'll be. Um, I had a mentoring appointment earlier this week, um, and she referred me on to a friend who happened to call in at the time as well, and she was really aware that they needed to get their business online, but her husband's just not convinced yet. Yeah. So it's, yeah, definitely not common, but I think it's still something we hear every now and again, people just a little yeah. bit apprehensive about that social media thing, and even it, though we know it's huge. Yeah, but. and I do get it. Like, part mm. of me just wants to throw my phone away and run away yeah. and go and sit out in the bush somewhere (laughs) like I don't think people should be connected to it the whole time but as a business it's a channel that you really have to consider yeah definitely and I mean I always say to my clients if your customers are online if they're on social media you need to be there too yeah 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 that's the bottom line with marketing isn't it if if your customers are there that's where you've got to be Mm. so yeah definitely um so on that note if you had to pick one marketing trend that you think is going to take off in the next 12 months what would it be well, I'd love to say virtual reality, augmented reality. I can't wait until our upstairs space is going to be this studio with padded walls and we all get to be somewhere else. And I don't know, we could go skiing in the Pyrenees this afternoon or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that's still a little way off. It's, it's that whole bell curve thing where people, you know, you've got to be an early adopter, but the technology needs to be there. You need to be able to go down to Harvey Norman and buy yourself mm. The, um, the goggles that, that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, if we're talking in the next 12 months, I think um, it's really, I call it like tribal communication. Like I think people are going to want to speak to certain people about certain things. So for example, um, people that are suffering with chronic illness, I want to have a different conversation with them as opposed to clients that I'm writing a marketing strategy for or want to send marketing messages to say on social media um, as opposed to people that I used to go to school with or people that you know like the same kind of food as me and want to share recipes and that's um, that's kind of happening now you girls know more about this than me but it's um, about you know in messenger like conversations are becoming a bit more private or you're able to kind of steer your messages to audiences in different locations so i think whilst we know it as marketers that we're able to do it to a certain extent i think um, platforms like facebook are going to get better at allowing us to tick a box that says all your foodie friends (laughs) get to see this one um and yeah i think um it'll become really mainstream in uh marketing plans where we actually really get to kind of um match the audiences within our marketing plans to audiences that are available on say facebook for targeting in a more kind of fluid way but you girls this is your area of expertise so what do you guys think um well the move from public to private when you're talking well facebook groups as a basic example like you mentioned is definitely massive Mm. as you said and really having um more of those one-on-one um communications and conversations with people rather than just sort of you know 
typing in this information, hitting enter and just putting it out there into the digital universe for anyone and everyone to see. Mm. Um, the, yeah, definitely the targeting. Um, and yeah, having conversations with smaller, more targeted groups, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Yeah. Um, yeah, messenger marketing is definitely becoming huge. Yeah. But yeah, I wish it was virtual reality too. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't think our um, clients and customers are ready for that yet. Yeah. I don't think they yeah, will be. Not. Um, for a while but there's a whole heap of stuff ha- happening with Instagram and Instagram TV yeah. I think Instagram TV is going to try and take over YouTube, YouTube. pretty soon right. so wow. with all the how-to videos how to put makeup on yeah. how to mm. um, I don't know put a mountain bike together yeah. all these different It'll things I think Instagram TV is going to take over the social media world yeah but that's my prediction even on the you know the virtual reality side of things though like who would have thought 12 months ago that you could just pop down to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman and just pick up a drone and start using yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like it might not be long before we're popping down to Harvey Norman to buy a pair of virtual reality goggles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they do knows? they do have some there already, but they, yeah. it doesn't quite work with no. everyone's technology no. and it's not it's really, it's not like a phone in your pocket type no. thing. We Yeah. But, and then there's the whole, you know, you've got to have the content. So feeding the beast of virtual reality will be massive, massive, massive mm-hmm. change for our industry going yeah. forward. It's pretty it exciting. Happens. Yeah, super exciting when it happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what projects are you currently working on? Oh, wow. Well, I'm having a great old time because now that Rob's the CEO, he gets to do, <laughs> and kind of the ops manager as well. So he gets to do all of those kind of things and I get to have a bit of fun. So currently uh, Anna and I are writing a ton of award submissions for clients at the moment and we only do it this time of the year. Obviously there's a there's a deadline and each year we say we're never doing it again but then each year we uh, get our lovely clients saying please and we go oh okay so <laughs> uh, we've got another three weeks of, of that. Um, I'm So I've got yeah um hopefully got some uh, marketing strategies coming up so my favorite thing to do is to write marketing strategies um we do pretty in-depth and pretty rock solid marketing mm-hmm. strategies which we're really proud of um so yeah few of those and then i've got my board stuff so i'm on the board of uh riverside olympic soccer club it's riverside olympic football club if we yeah. want to be um say it right um who's just expanding and new premises and going into the state league and all sorts of exciting things so that's a heap of fun I never thought that volunteering would be such a cool thing to do I really really enjoy helping the club so that's fun um I'm on the board of tourism Tasmania as well so there's some really exciting things happening with uh tourism at the moment so we're mostly concerned with the marketing side of things not what we call the supply side so we get to um yeah make sure that tourism tasmania's marketing is on point and always you know doing new and innovative things and there's a lot of exciting things happening in the technology space coming up and i'm also on the board of the tcci which is the tasmanian chamber of commerce and industry and I really love that board because it's just representing small business, medium business, yeah. a large business, all business. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, you know, that's that's my passion. So business is my passion and seeing people succeed in business is my passion. So that's really enjoyable as well. And probably, um, so personally, 
looking after my health, trying to exercise, hanging out with my darlings. And um, so, and this is probably, this is a bit of a secret that I haven't really told anyone, but I'm actually writing a book. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, but my problem, my book is, it's Yay. about helping people to be successful with chronic illness. So to still get out there and get on with life and do stuff. But my book, um, my book is a little bit muddled at the moment. It's part memoir, part how-to. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really fit into yeah, a, a, a genre. So I'm uh, trying to decide what sort of uh, um, genre it should be, but what sort of writing style as well. Because at the moment it's just pages and pages and pages and pages of brain dump and ideas and things that have happened to me so um yeah and I don't really care if it's published or anything but I just want I just want to get it off my chest I'm so so glad you're doing it I know have you got a name for it can we ask that Uh, I've got lots of working titles yeah um the main one the working title the working title is sick and successful that's what it is at the moment but it probably won't be called that there's a, there's a new working title of every, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a list of titles, really don't know how it's going to oh, play out, but so cool. I just love writing, writing makes yeah. me really, really happy. Yeah, that's so awesome. exciting, yeah. Well, thank so you exciting. so much for joining us today on our very first podcast Yay. for King Thing Marketing. Thanks for having me, you girls are amazing, like total, total <laughs> professionals. <laughs> Do you know about that? <laughs> no but we've had lots of fun so we do have lots of other exciting podcasts planned with some incredible tasmanian guest speakers so stay tuned and thanks for listening thanks thanks If you like what you've heard, you can find us at kingthingmarketing.com. We're the ones wearing green, holding a giant K. We're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Connect with us. Basically, we are everywhere.